Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. I'll tell you a funny story how insecurity hit me when I wrote a post about insecurity yesterday. So yesterday on Loop, I posted about that I'm preaching on insecurity today and for people to comment about some of the things that they are struggling with, which nobody did. (laughs) Not one person. Even my mother wrote like, oh, that's a great subject. That's not what I asked. (laughs) Besides that, I got the least amount of reactions on any Velocity post to date. Even Archie the dog gets more reactions than I did. So here I make a post about insecurity, and then I look at that, I'm going, nobody's going to show up tomorrow to church. (laughs) We all fight this at one stage or another. We might find ourselves overcoming something in one area, and Satan is ready to rob us in another area. And one of the things that I want to achieve today, uh, number one, I can't rescue you from insecurity, but God can. So what I want to achieve is just for you to realize and get to the place that you say, like, I'm not going to live with this anymore. Yes, the whole world is insecure, and we see it playing out in, in now even in, in gender things and all of these things. I mean, it's, it's, it causes such a mess in marriages, in relationships, in uh, careers, whatever it might be. Insecurity is not just this little, you know, this little cute issue that I have. You know, oh, I think I'm a little plump. I saw my brother in uh, Aspen, and he's, he's, you know, he's, he's one of my number one encouragers. And he said to me, bro, how long has it been since you went for a run? Has it been months or years? <laughs> now, depending on how you take that, that could ruin your whole vacation, right? And we have to realize how important it is to overcome insecurity. It's not just something that we can live and we can bear because it will result in, in certain things. And sometimes we look at people and say, well, what do they have to be insecure about? And you have no idea the things that they are fighting in their own mind because we don't hear their inner dialogue. Do you know that on Father's Day, I woke up, that was a Sunday. I woke up and the first things out of my mouth was, you are such a loser. Like I said it out loud. Shocking, right? Because if you look at my life and you look at my wife, you'd be like, that guy's winning. But it's, it's the inner dialogue that we are wrestling with. And remember, it's not just ourselves that we are wrestling with. We are wrestling with an enemy. And just like Pastor Arthur uh, taught a couple of weeks ago, right, we, we have thoughts that enter our mind that, that don't even come from us. And we have to fight against those things. So we just went on an unbelievable trip to Europe. Um, and we're staying in all these places. And I posted about this on Loop. But one of the places that we were going to, They sent an email asking if we're arriving by yacht or helicopter. Now, you don't think that you could be made to feel insecure on your European trip, but it did. I got that email. I'm like, gosh, what kind of a place are we going to? We're arriving by commercial uh, airline, economy class, and There wasn't anyone to greet us. There was no one waiting for us because we, they were waiting for the yachts and the helicopters. <laughs> anyway, we arrive at this place and it is stunning and, and uh, you know, it, it is what I... You, do you know how to know if people are really rich 
One sign is they wear their pajamas outside. <laughs> if they're walking around in their pajamas, you know, they're like, these are the superstars of the world. <laughs> so we get there and there are people in pajamas. But um, we go down to the beach club just to check, you know, because that's normally the cheapest meal of the resort is down by the beach. And we open the menu. The first item's $150 for the entree. And the next item was like $270. And I was like, I think we'll eat off property. <laughs> but now here's our holiday where we're supposed to be enjoying and relaxing and that. And I'm feeling like we're the poorest people on this resort. And everybody knows it. And, I, and I'll play this. Everybody that looks at me, I'm like, that person knows. They look at me, they're like, he's so poor. I tipped someone 20 bucks, which, I mean, that's a nice tip. And they looked at me like I'd given them a $1 bill. <laughs> These are real things and how quickly they can happen and, and, it's, and it's funny moments, but it becomes a lot more serious when it starts to become blockages in our lives. And now we're scared to step out and speak and go because we start to believe that we're not enough. Ultimately, all insecurities come down to that we're not enough. We don't have what it takes. We, we're missing something in our features or our lifestyle or whatever that might be. And it will wreck your life. I'm telling you, insecurities will wreck your life. I, uh, my wife and I, we have tried to be as best parents as what we can be. And of course we make mistakes. Nobody's perfect, but... I expect my kids to have none of the insecurities that I had growing up because I didn't have a father and, you know, all of these things. And, and yet, they still have to fight insecurities on their own because it's not just coming from our parenting or what is real. It's coming from what's not real with, the, with Satan lying in your ears all the time. So we're going to do something at the end, and I want you to prepare yourself for this, but... Uh, Bruce said, wow, that's a lot more notes than you normally have. Um, this is just my notes. <laughs> so this is for you. So we at the end, I want you to come down. I want you to write something, tear, tear a piece of paper. I'm not going to make you read it out or something. Write down what you want to see God heal and break in your life. Fold it and, and leave it at the front. Why would I do that? For this reason. When we step out in faith, God meets us in that place. It is so important. Blind Bartimaeus was, was blind maybe his whole life. He hears Jesus coming past and he shouts, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. They say, shh, 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 be quiet, little blind beggar. He shouts all the louder. Uh, the paralyzed man, his buddies tear a, a hole in the roof to get him down to where Jesus is. If he just laid where he were, I don't think we would have seen the miracle that day. There's something that happens when you have the courage to at least step up and do something. And, and the further you walk, uh, uh, the, the less the pull of insecurity will hold you back. Now, Brent, what difference is it going to make if I write this down on a piece of paper and put it there? Because you've identified something now that you're asking God to meet you at, and He will. Where if you don't take the step to at least put a little bit of faith to saying, Lord, I want to be free of this, you won't. You hear what I'm saying? There was a reason why my post was the least reacted to post on velocity. 
It's not because it wasn't a good post. Because it's hitting a real nerve and people are scared to write something. So if this is not going to embarrass you, I'm not going to pick up these, you know, these pieces of paper and start reading them and trying to identify who it is. <laughs> they will go from here into the trash. But it is important that we take this step. Now, I'm not saying every single person in this place has an insecurity, but you know what you're up against. You know what happens when you look in the mirror. Would you bring up that, um, that slide with the, the porn? This one. Have a look at that. Profound, right? And this happens to so many people, Christians included. We don't see the real picture of who we are, especially of who we are in Christ. We only see our flaws, and then we think that everybody else sees those flaws. Uh, if you've got a funny toe, I think Pastor Arthur talked about his feet. Or, and then you meet a new person, you're like, oh, they know. They know about my feet. That's all they're thinking about. It hasn't even entered their mind. But Satan will take whatever he can to fill our minds so that we cannot be thinking of what God wants us to think of and the good things that he's wanting to take us towards. And so we see this insignificant being all the time. I've always said to my wife who I think is beautiful, you know, it doesn't matter to me if anybody else thinks she's beautiful. To me, she's stunning. And I've always said to her, when it comes to makeup and all of those things, let that be a bonus. Don't let it be the essential. I've seen her when she wakes up in the morning and she is as beautiful as she looks right now. And that's the truth. So if she wants to wear makeup, that's great. But do it as the bonus, not because that's what gets you acceptance to be a certain something. You with me? And the same for all of us. Whether it's the car you drive or the clothes you wear or whatever that might be, wear it because you enjoy that, not because it defines you to be something. Because then you're in trouble. Then you're always needing that thing to make you something. There's only one who can make us anything. Amen. And he doesn't care about any of those things. You with me? Okay. The, um, the definition of um, insecurity. The feeling of uncertainty. Now think about living with this, which we do. You're living with constant uncertainty. Anything that's going on, you feel uncertain. Who likes to feel that way? Nobody. The plane drops, you know, and you're like, oh, we're going to die. <laughs> or the news comes out, you know, that the, the unemployment, you're like, oh, I knew it. I'm going to lose my job. Or I knew that. Whatever it is, constantly you're feeling uncertain, unstable. The lack of confidence and anxiety about yourself. Subject to fears and doubts, not assured, uneasy, and anxious. Does that sound like anything that God describes to us in the Bible? No. The righteous are as bold as a lion. But yet we, we even in the church, we are wrecked with, with insecurity because it's, it's like a, a full-on war against our identity. Do you know how many less brands would exist if we were secure? Think about all marketing. All marketing is trying to make you insecure so that you'll buy their thing to feel a certain way. I was thinking as I was shaving this morning, Gillette, the best a man can get. <laughs> and I've shaved with Gillette for, for years because somewhere in my mind, Gillette was the best a man could get. I think I can do better. 
Why is insecurity a problem? It affects the formation of healthy relationships. Think about that. If you are insecure in your relationship, you are never going to form a healthy relationship because there's, you're always side-eyeing because you don't think that person really loves you. You're not sure that they're trying to, uh, you're not putting your, your real self out there so you don't ever feel fully accepted. The masks that we put on to try to be what we think somebody else wants us to be, now they're having a relationship with someone who doesn't exist. And this can happen in the workplace. It can happen in marriages. It can happen in friendships. You hear what I'm saying? Versus me just being me. And if you like me, great. It doesn't mean I don't need to change. But at least it's the real me. What I love about my son is he puts his authentic self out there. Always. In that fancy resort that we were in, he didn't change a thing for anybody. He still wore his slides and his socks. He was himself. It impacts our mental health. Think about the churning going on all the time. This inner dialogue that's robbing us of of just the peace of God that he has. So we turn to medications and we turn to all these things to try to compensate for something that has to be fixed in our heart, not in our bodies. Right? I have issues trusting. Why? Because if I can't trust myself, how am I going to trust anybody else? If I can't trust that God loves me, how am I going to love anybody else? And I think that's why we have such an explosion of people like making dogs their family members. Right? Because they actually believe the dog loves them. And the dog doesn't. The dog loves the food. And we put up masks. So, insecurity will ruin or limit your life, my life. Listen to this. Insecurity forces you to live less, literally. You do less and worry more. Accumulating negative thoughts and missing out on new experiences and memorable moments. Think about this. There are way too many people who are scared to do something new because of da-da-da-da-da. And you see it as being responsible or facts or you heard this. When uh, Pastor Arthur and Dina were getting ready to go on their wonderful lifelong dream trip to Paris. Right? There were, there were people saying, oh, but there's riots there. Like you shouldn't go. Like they're running wild through the streets. Now, that's just a small example of a, of a vacation. Thank goodness they went. They didn't run into any riots that I know of. What about the rest of life where people haven't gone and done something because of fear of what might happen? Insecurity. Fear is often putting faith in the wrong thing. That this may go on, or this might happen, or this is going to happen to you, or you're going to fail, or you're not going to recover, or you're never going to meet anybody, or whatever those things are. So then we make other actions based on lies that we should never have believed. The Bible helps us to know what is truth and what is lie. God doesn't love you. Lie. I read in his word, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, who, whosoever, 
Whoever. You hear what I'm saying? And it starts to wash away these lies and these insecurities. And we, we start to be transformed. Okay, listen to this. And you're going to see the insecurity all over these things. You ready? 1 Samuel 17, verse 8 to 11, the story of David and Goliath. This is before the battle. Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you coming out to fight, you lamos? He called them. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we'll be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. How would you summarize that? Insecurity. Do you see that? Somebody could say something that caused them fear because their security was not in the same place that we now read about David. Somebody could knock them off their course and cause them to be immobilized. What does it take you to stop in your tracks and to not do anything? What stops you from going over to your neighbor and telling them about Jesus? It's insecurity. You've played out a scenario in your mind of what's going to happen. Am I right? Are they going to reject me? How do you know that? Oh, I just know. Are you a prophet? No, I just, I just have a feeling. The feeling caused by your pizza you ate last night or is it from God? Which one? <laughs> we play out these scenarios all the time. And so many times it's never what we think it's going to be. He has another, put that other one up again. Okay, let me ask you this. I know you're not used to talking in church, right? But let's have some interaction between us. From that last story, tell me where you see the insecurity. And there's no wrong answers except for the person who says the wrong answer. <laughs> As we were reading that, where was the insecurity? Put yourself in that scenario of all the armies, they're in their armor, they got swords, they, they've been training. They were warriors. But he tells them, you are just servants of Saul. He robs them of their identity. But me, I've been training since birth. They all had been training since birth. But in one instant, he robs them and he causes them to look in the mirror and to see themselves as nothing. I've told you the story, but in Standard 7, which would be grade 5, um, we were allowed to take a, another subject in school. And I could finally take computer science, which I couldn't wait to take. I had been coding since I was four years old. That's before I could read. All I was doing is parrot copying a coding book. I'd match the symbols, and I'd type it into a Commodore 64. So I'd been coding a long time. Now I'm in... Stand at seven, and the teacher, this is word for word what she said to me. I said, I, I went to the counselor, and I said, okay, I'd like to take the subject. And she said, no, you're too dumb. Okay? She was basi basing that off my mathematics, which I was failing mathematics because I'd been chronically ill and in and out of hospital and stuff like that, and I missed a ton of school when I was young. And my math took a, a hit for it. 
there were certain things in maths that I just didn't understand. I like bod maths, you know, brackets and all of those things. I just didn't know those things. And so it reflected in a very poor math skill. So in my school, if you did bad at maths, you were dumb. And that was it. And I went home and I told my mom, you know what she said? She didn't say, that stupid teacher, we're going to sue her. She said, my boy, you have the mind of Christ. She took me back to the word of God. Not her words versus the teacher's words. God's words versus man's words. You have the mind of Christ. If this is what you want to do, God will help you. So my mom had, had raised us some Bible stories and that. And one of them was Daniel uh, when um, they are presented to, to eat the, the, the king's food, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all those dudes. And he says, test us. You know, just give us 10 days to, to try this out. So I say to the teacher, I say, just give me a chance. Give me one semester. And if I do badly, then, then you are right and I'm dumb. And I wear the little dunce hat around school. <laughs> so she says, okay. At the end of that semester, I still was failing math. But I had an A plus for computer science. She couldn't understand it because I had a higher score than any of the smart kids in the, in the class. Do you know that all vacations that we have been on, all things that we have done have been paid for by the Lord through computer science? Isn't that crazy? My whole career of, of software engineering and everything like that started in a subject that I was told I could not take because I was too dumb. Every time I get in my McLaren, I'm too dumb. Now, I don't say that pridefully. I just say that to make you laugh. But what if I had listened to that teacher on that day? And I said, okay, you're right. You're right, Goliath. I'm dumb. You're right. Do you see how I'm telling you how this can ruin your life? If you don't know who you are and what you are called for, and you let insecurity speak louder than who God has called you to be and what he's created in your heart. I love computers from four years old. I love to create and program, a, you know, move that, that, you know, it was just green and white, the screen. You guys don't even, you've never experienced anything like that, a two-color monitor. Now it's 16.7 million colors. But my whole life would have been different, and I'm not sure I would even be here. You hear what I'm saying? What are you seeing when you're looking in the mirror when people tell you you can't and Satan screams at you, don't you dare cross that line and go back to the, the cave you came from? Who's with me? Here's another one. Numbers 13, verse 27 to 28 and 33. This is the story they've been called. They've cried out to God for hundreds of years to rescue them. He finally does. They trek through the desert, they get to the promised land, and he's told them that this is the land flowing with milk and honey. They're so excited, they're finally visiting the ranch, and they send the spies in, right? They send the 12 spies in to check it out. Ten of them return and say this. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country. This is the right address, guys. 
This is what we were promised, a land flowing with milk and honey. And everyone's like, yes, finally, after all the journey and everything, we've arrived at the right place. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are so powerful. And their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. Are you ready for it? You ready for the insecurity moment? And that's what they thought too. Suddenly, these guys are mind readers. Did they ask anybody, what do you think of us? And they said, ah, oh, you look like grasshoppers. No. <coughs> they never had a conversation with anybody. Their inner dialogue told them they're like grasshoppers. And so they, they saw the big guys and they thought we were grasshoppers. I remember in school, lining up uh, to swim. Uh, this was grade six, I mean, uh, uh, standard six, grade four uh, um, in the US. And uh, we're lining up on the blocks and I looked down the line and none of us had hair at that stage, right? And I looked down and there's one guy who looks like a gorilla. Just the fact that he had body hair all over, already I felt like this guy's going to beat me. You hear what I'm saying? Not realizing he was actually at a disadvantage because that's going to slow him way down. <laughs> but I looked out, I saw this guy, and I saw he had body hair. I was like, this guy's going to smoke me. He's so much more developed than what I am. You hear what I'm saying? We are being tricked and lied to all the time. We have to go back and, and don't let our eyes even tell us and our ears tell us. We have to let the word of God tell us and the promises that he has put in our hearts of what we are going to be. You with me? And we were like grasshoppers. This story does not end well. Not every story has a happy ending. None of the people who believed this report went into the promised land. Not one. They died. They never went in. They left that day and, and never returned. If you allow insecurity to rob you of the promises of God, you won't see them happen in your life. It's not just going to automatically work out. I was so unbelievably shy that I had to fight through to get my now wife's phone number. And all I could do, at least it was something, I could send her a text. And I changed my voicemail in case she knew it was me. <laughs> I mean, when I asked her to be my girlfriend, I wrote it on a card and I like slid it across the table. <laughs> now you say that's so lame, but you don't understand the amount of fear and insecurity that I had to fight through. But at least I fought through and didn't just hang back. <clears throat> Do something with God. Would you put up the slide again with the queen in the mirror what do you see the promises that God has called you to because Satan's trying to show you a different image all the time you can't do it you're not enough you're too dumb you don't have the right education you don't have the right skin color whatever it might be and it's a lie have you ever read in the Bible where it says if you're you know if you have this you have to be born of this uh, uh, university degree in order to make it no what does it say? Put your trust in Him. He's the one that makes a way where there seems to be no way. Not your education, your finances, where you came from, all of those things. Okay, how do we overcome insecurity? Are you ready? This is profound. Next one. 
That's it. You do that and it's solved. The fear of God. The more our mind is filled with God, the less it is filled of anything else. And I'm going to show you that, that how this plays out. And the people who overcame their insecurity did exactly this. They listened to Baba's sermon from last week. <laughs> and they overcame. As I focus on God, as I reverence God, as I fear God, I fear nothing else. I don't fear man when I fear God. 1 Samuel 17, 45, David replied to the Philistine. Right now, he goes through everything to get to fight him. Listen to his different response. You, see me, you, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. What does he say there? He doesn't say, look at my muscles, look how fast I am, look at my hair I wash with Pantene. Nothing. I come to you in the name of the Lord. Like my only defense and my only thing that I have is the name of the Lord. Yes, I have some, some, uh, a slingshot and some stones and that, but that's bonus. I am coming to you in the name of the Lord, and this is my defense. This is my reason. This is why I'm going to win. You've got all these other things, but I have God on my side, and you have God on your side. Isn't that amazing? I'm sure we have testimonies and you need to tell those testimonies. Post them on loop where you have been told it will never happen and God opened a way. God opened a door. Not for us to be prideful. We can't get prideful when it's the name of the Lord. When we think we did it, we get prideful. Numbers 13 verse 6 to 9, going back to the story of them, uh, uh, the promised land. Here's the other two uh, spies. Listen to what they said. So Caleb and Joshua, they tore their clothing. They were so upset what these guys were saying. And they said to all people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. Were you in the same place? And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into the land and give it to us. It is rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid. Listen how they describe the giants of Anak. You know, the ones who saw everybody as grasshoppers. They're like, they're like little gazelles. Running through a field. We're going to smoke them, guys. What are, you, what are you so upset about? Why? Because their focus was on the Lord. Because they feared the Lord. When we think that we have to achieve everything, we are very insecure. Because it's by our might and our power. But that is not how God works. It is by His Spirit and not might and not power. Though a thousand may fall. We will stand because we have the Lord. And so many Christians missed this opportunity verse, uh, during COVID. Like people lost their faith and lost their minds at the same time. Like God didn't come into the decision making. It was what Fauci said, not what Jesus said. 
Now, I'm not saying we don't listen to advice and we're like, I don't listen to you. I only listen to the Bible. You know, don't tell me to slow down, police officer. But... We must be a blessing wherever we are. And we must use wisdom, and wisdom comes from all sources. But ultimately, we have to come back to the Word of God. You with me? Proverbs 18, verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to Him and are safe or secure. The name of the Lord. Who's ever baby that is making a noise? Please take that baby out. That's my. <laughs> For those of you listening online, it's my nephew. Calm down. Matthew 7 24 to 27. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is like a wise, is like the wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Through the, though the rains come and in torrents and floodwaters rise up and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teachings, comes to church, listens to podcasts, reads books, comments on the verse of the day, and doesn't obey it, is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, when it rains and floods, comes and beats against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Insecure. And, and unfortunately, I think we all have components in our life where we have built on sand, where it's self-effort, self-reliance, and we need to redeem that for what God has for us. The most beautiful person can look in the mirror and think that they're ugly. And you're like, are you crazy? Because you don't hear all the other things that have led up to that. I don't know what I would have done in my life if I did not have a mother who countered every negative thing that was said with something positive from God's word. In that way, I feel so fortunate. I don't feel unfortunate that we had to move 18 times in a year and we didn't have support from my father and I had a headmaster who told me I would be nothing and a father who said I was dead to him and all of that. I don't feel like depleted at all from those things because I had a mother who was countering it with God's called you to be great and God's going to use you and God loves you and he's your father and he will teach you. Those put me on a bedrock versus on sand. You hear what I'm saying? Now, that doesn't mean that I have zero insecurity in my life. I've shared some of the things that I have to fight. Uh, uh, it, it, it's crazy. I love to shop at Walmart because I feel good. When I roll through Walmart, like I'm the king in the world. I'm like Leonardo DiCaprio just going down there on a, on a cart. <laughs> Rolling around the stores in Aspen, I don't feel that way. But neither, I should, neither should move me, Walmart or Gucci. God is the one who sets my value, who sets our future. He is our reliance and He's our provider. With me? Look at this last one. Isn't that cool? When I no longer see me, I see God. He's the king. When I see Him... When I look in, I'm seeing him in me. 
That's what David went to Goliath with. He didn't say, I come with self-confidence. Look how cool I am. No, he came in the name of the Lord. And so when I look at what I'm called to, when I look at my situations, when I look at my problems, when I look at my opportunities, I'm now reflecting God in those and not just my own power. My whole life, my, 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 my young childhood, my mom told me, Isaiah 40, 31, you will run and not be weary, you'll walk and not faint. Those who wait upon the name of the Lord, you'll mount up on wings like eagles. And I, I was a horrible asthmatic kid, like it, really bad. And every day, my mom, quote God's word, quote God's word, quote God's word. And then I start to tell kids at school, I'm going to run and not be weary. And they're like, <laughs> go get your puffer, right? And in primary school, every year I would try out for the 800 meters, which was the, the longest distance they had in primary school. Every year. And every year I wouldn't even be able to complete 400 meters. And they'd be like, how's that working out for you, eagle wings? How's it going? Everybody knew it. And I, I had such confidence. My mom told me. This is what God said. You're going to mount up on wings like eagles. You're going to run and not be rare. And I try out and try out and try out. First year of high school, 1,500 meters. Please understand, I've never completed an 800-meter race in my life. I went to try out for the 1,500-meter, and I won. And not only did I win, I broke the school record that still stands today. Now, that's not, Brent, you're an amazing athlete. That is that is a miracle from God. And all those kids on my primary school were in my high school and got to witness that moment. And many of them came to Christ and are still believers today. Because of Him. Because when I looked in that mirror, I didn't see that frail little boy whose chest concaved. I know it's, it's not concaved anymore, but... My chest was concave because my bones didn't form. I mean, I had a lot of things against me, but I had God's word for me. So if you hear anything, I only tell you things about me to make you laugh, but the point that I want you to know is it is dependence and reliance on God that transforms even the physical being that we are in. Amen? Now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. Baba, if you would play and Emma, if you would... Reach up to heaven for us, please. It's going to take courage to get out of your chair, but I promise you I'm not doing any of this to embarrass you. I'm only doing this to encourage you that you would come up against your Goliath, whatever that is, and say, no, I'm not letting this thing shout in my life and in my ears and in my eyes and in my heart anymore. And it may not just disappear today. My asthma didn't just disappear. But one day it did. But it was years of trusting in God's Word and putting that over the fact that I was in hospital, on a drip, doing all these things all the time. The day came where that disappeared. And then there's other things that I have to renew my mind. Even today, my wife and I, we have to fight things until we are with Jesus. I think we'll fight things, but we must fight. Don't just lay down and accept that you're a, a, a grasshopper when you've been called to take the promises of God. There's pens here. Just tear the paper in half. And uh, 
The rest is between you and Lord. Thank you for letting me speak to you today. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.